welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, and welcome to the new year again. This is our second episode of the 2022 um, I want to make a correction. We When we recorded episode 113, so from the first season, and then we just did a best of, and it was episode, I believe, 324, 325, and it was um, the Michael Jordan of investing. Mm-hmm. And it was about Jack Bogle. And I want to correct something that I said. I said, oh, you know, he created index funds and how how much we believe in them, et cetera. But I said, you know, he saved investors $217 million in fees. Yeah, that was definitely wrong. It was $217 billion in fees. Yeah, there you go. So that $217 billion came back to the investors. So, but let's say there were well over a million investors or 2 million, I don't have no idea. But the people that invested in Vanguard uh, index funds saved and all the other index funds that were created by Schwab and Fidelity and whatever, because they had to compete with Jack and they brought all the fees down, it saved them well over $217 billion in yeah, fees. Yeah, I think $217 million is probably uh, an amount none of us will ever see, let's be realistic. but uh, So just know that it's uh, even more than that. So there you go. But my whole point is, if you just stretch it over all the investors that ever invest in index funds, they got so much more money back than they would have ever done if there were just mutual funds. Right. Cool. So what are we talking about today? Um, we did a podcast in the new uh, last year that was like episode 323, 324 about intellectual curiosity part one. And now I want to continue with this stuff. And this is basically... We've talked about like stuff from your consumer and financial life that all you really need is a little intellectual curiosity. You don't have to be fully, you know, I'm only studying finance when you don't really care about it or something. But if you just look at two or three tiny little things and watch this YouTube video, or maybe read that one or two books, you will develop a financial philosophy and it'll help you through life, whether it's finance or consumer things or whatever. But it's just things that have really helped me in my life and I wanted to share with you. And the person we're talking about today is J.L. Collins. Okay. And You gave I, me a book by him, right? Right. I gave you a book. I have not read it. And it's <laughs> But I probably should. <laughs> it is probably you know how I said, Oh, I have four or five financial journals and I have developed a financial philosophy from reading well over hundred books a lot of blogs, podcasts, etc. He was probably about the 35th book I read. I wish it was the first. Mm. And if there was anything I recommended to any kid coming out of college, or even if you're just beginning college, and you want to know a little bit more about finance and, and simple things to do, this is the number one book, bar none, that I would recommend everybody read. Okay. It is is brilliant, and it is called The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. Okay. Um, So the things I want to talk about with him is if you listen to any of his stuff, so you could go on YouTube channel, and you could put in J.L. Collins, and it'll come up with um, 
there's a, a specific link I will put up, but it's a talk he did at Google Talks. And it is just, he's like a grandfather. I don't know how old he is now. Yeah, I, okay, define grandfather, like in the way that he's explaining something, it, like it's easy to, it's easy it's to listen to? It's unbelievably easy to listen to. He is unbelievably humble. And a lot of finance guys go, you have to do it this way and you have to do it that way. And this is what's going to happen. He just is so humble. Mm. And I have no idea his exact age. But he looks like if you had a grandfather, you're like, oh, I always love going to my grandfather's because one, he spoiled me with candy or something. Right. But he's a guy who has so much wisdom. And the way he imparts it is not like with a hammer. It's with like a little velvet glove. Oh, wow. That's some... That's a description right there, Mr. Ryder. So, okay, wait. And let me just ask this one thing before you continue about him. Have we talked about his um, qualifications yet, or has he just always been interested in finance? Did you just say he that and I just blanked? He's done multiple, multiple jobs. He's been in an ad agency. He's worked at a brokerage firm. Well, that's good. He has he, a plethora he, of experience. He's been an entrepreneur. He's done a lot of things that were not necessarily finance-based, but he eventually got very interested in that. And I think he said he came up with his philosophy from making tons and tons of mistakes. Well, there you go. I think that's probably how most people learn and come to their conclusions. And the number one reason why I would recommend you either listen to his YouTube, he doesn't have a YouTube channel, but he's been interviewed by so many people. If you, I love the way you say his YouTube. Yes. If you Google his name and whatever pops there'll up. There'll probably <laughs> be at least 13 talks where he's being interviewed for a podcast and the one I would highly recommend we'll link to is him uh, talking at, uh, it's called Talks at Google. Okay. And the, he's been interviewed by someone who knows a little bit about money, but not that much. And, you know, I'd say she's 28 years old and she's just trying to find out more for all the people that are in the audience that it's actually in some sort of conference room. Right. But so what does he say? And he just makes everything simple. That's what the thing I like about him is he emphasizes simplicity. He's not about tinkering, which is basically active investing where you're constantly trying to buy something and sell it and buy it and sell it because you keep trying to do better. He created all his blog initially because he had told a friend, a very uh, close friend about what his philosophy was. And he said, you have to share this with other people. He said, the only reason I bought, I started writing this is for my daughter, that I would leave behind something that would give her some sort of wisdom in terms of finance, mm. which is exactly why I started this podcast with you, yeah. is even if we didn't have 10 million listeners, that you would be getting something out of this. And he did basically the same thing with his blog. Well, and I will say, I think... Uh Initially, I always kind of thought this podcast was us talking to avoid, um, but there's definitely a handful of people who tune in every week, um, yeah. you know, whether just to support us and maybe they well, already have their own financial philosophies. That's probably certainly the case, but it also seems like there's, you know, a handful of people who also love to listen to what you have to say and um, I guess really what uh, JL Collins influenced in you because it seems like he's had quite... I'm telling you, anybody you. who's... It's, it's actually, guys, it's the only book he's given me. Okay, I shouldn't say, say only. You do have a lot of financial money books, some of which I tried scanning before we made this podcast and then I, I never end, ended up going anywhere. But um, 
the only book like you bought for me and gave me, and I think you gave me one of your, I think you gave me one of your like creative journals or financial journals. I forgot which one it was because you have so many. But no, so the one book you gave me that was about money was from was the one you mentioned. Um, So so he really does mean it. Um, But sorry, continue. I've lost us a little bit. So he started eventually this blog because he wanted to teach his daughter about, and he just makes everything simple. And his daughter, after he was teaching her, let's say she was eight years old, and then sometime when she was a teenager, she came to him and said, I I know you want to teach me all this stuff, but I do not want to, it's not, I don't want to learn about it. I don't want to be as interested in it as you are. I just don't want to manage money. And he said, I will create a system where if you just get a couple of things right, you'll be fine. Oh. And- that's exactly what he did. Oh, okay. So is that something we're going to talk about today or that's more just well, go read the book, go read the articles that well, I Well, the suggest. very first thing I suggest you do is the link to this Talks at Google to the talk. okay. with J.L. Collins and that'll be in the show notes. It is just so simple. She, I, I know she asked him a question and, you know, sort of about his philosophy and he said it was all based on simplicity. Right. And so his, yeah, you, his simplicity is... Everything we have discussed in this podcast, like buy and hold index funds, don't take on a lot of debt, simple things like that. But if you just invest a certain amount each month, whether the market goes up or down, and then in 30 years, see what you have. And that's all his, his simple philosophy. Now, what is that based on? Him constantly trying to beat the market and him constantly losing. And there were years he did well, but for the most part, in the long run, he was doing poorly. So besides the Google Talk, what? There's also his blog, which is jlcollinsnh.com, which I'll link to. And there's a, there's a stock series there, and it's not really about stocks per se. It's about everything. And there's 35 different articles, and they probably take 10 minutes to read each one. I'm not saying you have to read all 35, but I am going to talk about three that I think you really should read. And the very first one is How I Failed My Daughter and the Simple Path to Wealth. And he just lists nine things. If you do these and get these right, you never have to worry about money again. And it's really so. It's and you really think sim- that, do you think that that applies to people who maybe aren't making a ton? 100%. Yeah. We talked about in an episode in the third season was it possible to become a millionaire if you only made $50,000 a year of life? And we showed that it was very easy to do that without investing too much. So one of his things that he wanted it was that she would not have an expensive money manager, no fancy strategies, no exotic, hard-to-understand investments, no weekly, monthly, or even yearly management, no effort, just keep adding a little bit to the pot each time, like once a month, once every two months, whatever you can afford. Some people invest bi-weekly, whatever it is, and you will be fine. And he did all the research, and now everything that he has said has been proved with a lot of different studies of the simple path to wealth is actually works. I was going to say that what you just said kind of reminded me of something when I was growing up, I kind of always thought, you know, saving meant 
it was always going to be there and it was just kind of in a piggy jar. It never changed unless you added something to it or you took away from it. And it makes me wonder if people who just save, they don't put in the market, you know, but they continually save as much as they can. And, you know, I don't want to call people who save stingy, but, you know, they, they're, they're always looking out for their best interests financially and they're not spending drastically on any one thing. And not that they can't go and enjoy life and, oh, I went to go see a movie once or something like that, but they're saving every week, every month, however, putting away. And then it kind of makes you wonder, you know, over time, how much would that be if it wasn't in a piggy bank? If it wasn't just sitting in a savings account, it was invested in something that long-term you know is going to give you a return. I mean, I don't think anyone would ever say, if you put it in the stock market in 10 years, it'll be lower than what you did. There's no, that's not, I don't think that's possible. Right. Um, and, you know, knock on wood well, here, and, but ho- and, and I mean, hopefully I'm not jinxing that. Hopefully you that's said, not I wonder what it might be worth and we have a way, which right, is a compound the, interest calculator. Yes, which I, I, you know, I don't know how many times we've linked to it, but hopefully a decent amount of times. But um, is, is uh, the thing I was going to say is, it just makes me wonder what, I guess the difference is, but um, that was a great point. And actually we're going to take a short break after this message. And Hey, welcome back guys. So I wanted to ask about your second point. Cause it seemed like you had three articles from JL Collins. Yeah, so the that's other, what you were in the middle of the talking article about. is why you need F you money. <laughs> I love that. And so I told you about We this. don't curse on this show, but everyone knows what that means, right? We're all adults. But he did, that's exactly how it is spelled out. It's not spelled out the long way. It's spelled out the short way. Right, but we know what it means. It's fine. So, but he goes... It's cheeky. He goes into ways that money doesn't own you, and it doesn't dominate your life, but you still can become financially independent. And, like, one of the things he espouses that I don't agree with is... He doesn't believe in owning houses, even though he's owned houses. He believes in renting and that in the long term, you're better renting. And he and I disagree at that point, but he talks well, about- Well, because renting is technically, I guess it's not taking on a debt, but renting means you're always losing something. Well, and- I think rent is never going to be cheap. So you're always losing kind of a good amount. However, if you're renting, that means you're not paying for the cost of upkeep, right? Correct, and that's what, that's kind of his point. So I don't know if he's owned houses where he had to constantly do a lot of upkeep and he'd rather go just call the manager. Well, my experience when I'm first living with mom in an apartment is we once had a leak in the roof, came down and destroyed all the papers on our office desk. Oh. I mean, destroyed them. We couldn't read them. We couldn't read the cash reg- the check registers. We couldn't read anything. Oh, my was, God, I didn't a, know that. Yeah. How, wait, how long were you guys together? About that, at that point. Uh, two years or so. Aww. So we're in this apartment, and the apartment's a good apartment, but just one time, two years into the, our living there, the a rain happened, and boom, it somehow the roof must have been leaky. Yeah. In previous times, it didn't leak. Hmm. So it comes down. We contact the building manager who contacts the bank the bank was acting as the property manager mm-hmm. for some big like doctor group of investors. The bank wouldn't return the phone call for three months. Oh my God. I called at least 30 times. So I finally went to the property manager who lived in the building and said, 
I'm not paying my rent this coming month. I have so much damage here. They got to fix my desk, my rug, all this stuff. I, not that now I didn't have a computer on that, but I had a computer on the thing right next to it, but the computer didn't get destroyed. That's good. And I was going to say I computers say, were not cheap then. This is ridiculous. And then she was able to get the bank that same day. Hmm. And they said they were going to give me a free month's rent ah. to pay for it. But it took three months to get any sort of, you know, satisfaction. So I disagree. I know about every 10, let's say every 15 years, you might need a new air conditioning system in your house. You might need a new hot water heater, uh, stuff like that. Big ticket items. But living in a house, I haven't had to do major, major uh, upgrades or something like that, you know, for all the things that are breaking. I mean, I'll say what. I think most recently uh – you guys had to take out that big tree in the backyard. It's been sick for quite some time, but that wasn't as was that wasn't a huge expense, and that's no, but that's that, one expense in thirty two years. And wait, was, and how long have you not been paying? How long what, has the house been paid off? I guess is what I mean to say. Eight years. So eight years worth of rent has got to be what at least forty forty grand, eighty yeah. grand. Uh, no, because most people's. And my mortgage, like is if much you were, lower. but the average mortgage is over two thousand, so that's right. twenty four thousand a year times a year eight. times eight, yeah. So let's say twenty five times eight or two hundred grand. So two hundred grand. You have not spent two hundred grand to take out that trade, correct? And some, if you can get your mortgage payment to work towards to a point where you don't eventually have to ever pay rent again, it's like saying. No, I want to keep paying for the thing that if I just paid it for it in a different way and just, you know, you know, I'm in, I have to keep giving bank to a money and, or <laughs> bank to a money, I have to keep giving money to a bank because we have a mortgage, you know, and that's a little bit of pressure. You're kind of constantly tied to them in that way versus you could just ca- cut off a deal with a landlord or, I mean, but you can still do the same thing with a house. You can just sell your house um, and be done with it. And then you choose to rent for the rest of your life. But the point is, is at least the money that you're working, that you're paying for a mortgage is working towards eventually not ever having to, having to pay for it again versus if you're renting all the time, you're always renting. Because, I mean, I think what the next most expensive expense that might be coming up is the roof. Yeah, but we, we did the roof not too long ago, probably four years ago or something like that. So it, it might... It, Roofs oh, it's left. not going to need a total replacement. I thought it was going to need a total replacement. Yeah, in maybe 15 years. Oh, okay. It just has whatever issues it has. Okay. So then never mind. Um, so, but his, the three articles I was talking about, the first one was um, how I failed my daughter in the simple path to L. And then the FU money. Um, why you need FU money. And he, he discusses in it. It's a very short article. Probably take you four minutes to read. He discusses how... You know, things like he doesn't need a Mercedes. Let's say you do. You're a listener to the, of this podcast and you, you do need. But it's about making choices. And he explains it in such a simple, after you finish the article, you go, oh, that's obvious. Why didn't I think of that? Right. The third one is one called, there's a major crash coming and Dr. Lowe can't save you. It, I, those are the first three things I would recommend you read on his blog. And that one will take you like 10 minutes to read, but it goes into all the details of how um, the financial news will constantly keep telling you when something is bad, they will emphasize it, emphasize it, emphasize it. But then he goes into the history of why the stock market goes up, how over time it will always go up, why uh, you can count on it to go up. 
it's just, but it's not done in a hammer way. It's done, like I said, with a velvet glove way. And when, by the time you read his article, you go, oh, that makes sense. That's that's like common sense. Right. Um, so those are the three major things on his blog. I highly recommend that everybody get The Simple Path to Wealth, his book. And what does that do? It takes everything that's in his blog and puts it in a very organized and concise uh, thing. So it's it's the writing's even tighter than it is in his blog because his blog goes into other stuff um, like Bitcoin that is not in the book and stuff like that. Right. So, but his stuff is... What I love about him is it's simple. He makes it simple. He doesn't, because I know there's plenty of people who are listening to this podcast who find money intimidating. I'm hoping. It's extremely intimidating. I'm hoping the two of us are taking some of that intimidation away. And in the terms of intellectual curiosity, if you watch, if you made it your life's mission to watch at least four of his talks on YouTube, Life's mission. I think someone could probably just binge it down a rabbit hole because that's could, what we do today, but maybe that's just my generation. Read just those three articles on his blog and buy his book. And over time, hopefully over a two-week period, you read his book and you'll go, oh, I get it now. It makes sense. I highly recommend it. He's such a good guy. He's so simple. When you see- He's like a grandfather. The, when you and go I'm to British. the talks at Google, J.L. Collins talk- you'll go, oh, he's such a humble guy, but he makes it simple. And I think that's the first place to start. Um, That's primarily what I had for this episode is that I didn't want to put, I have multiple people that, so we'll do an intellectual curiosity part three eventually. But I wanted him to have just one show because my hope is during this fourth season of Dad's Daughters and Dollars, we interview him. Uh, I'm going to yeah. try. Gonna- I mean, I would genuinely love to just interview anyone who has, uh, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge or just a different, um, viewpoint. I feel like, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have a viewpoint yet, but I don't want it to feel repetitive at all. Uh, you know, with it just being us two, I'd love to mix it up. And especially cause he's such a legend and he's definitely influenced you and therefore influenced me without even me really knowing it. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And uh, uh, thank you to the 15 countries again that are out there listening. We're really, really grateful. He will always say that. So the more people who keep listening, you are guaranteed to be mentioned. So whatever country you're from, uh, I look forward to you enjoying the podcast and getting a shout out. Um, And uh, welcome everyone to the new year and we will catch you on the next one. Please subscribe. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.